Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of the show to hear how you can get a copy of this show and other helpful documents. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Tim. Like Tim said, I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up in your business. For the next hour, my guest, Little Rock, Arkansas Mayor Mark Stodula, who walked in five seconds ago, and I will be getting up in the business of running a city, being a mayor, and Little Rock's accomplishments, which are a lot, and challenges since he took office. We hope through our conversation and storytelling you will learn something, want to get involved, or be inspired to take action in your own life. And we'll be answering questions via phone and email. For me, the taking action began over 40 years ago when I founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, Arkansas Flag and Banner has grown and morphed from door-to-door sales to telemarketing to mail order and catalog sales and now relies heavily on the internet. Each change in these sales strategies required a change in company thinking and procedures. My confidence, leadership, knowledge, and my company grew. My initial $400 investment now produces nearly $4 million in annual sales. Each week on this show, you'll hear candid conversations between me and my guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that I hope you'll find interesting. Starting and running a business or organization or a city is like so many things. It takes persistence, perseverance, and patience. I worked part-time jobs for nine years before Arkansas Flag and Banner grew enough to support just me. Today, we have 10 departments and 25 co-workers, thus reminding us all small businesses are the fuel of our country's economic engine and empower people's lives. Before we start, I want to introduce you to the people at the table. We have my technician, Tim, who'll be running the board and taking your calls. Say hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. My guest today is the mayor of Little Rock, Arkansas, Mark Stodola, who in 2007 was elected to his first term. He was reelected in 2011, capturing 84% of the votes, and again in 2014 without opposition. In 2006 and 7, right before becoming the mayor, he was named to the Mid-South Super Lawyers List. Since Mayor Stodola took office, some of his accomplishments have been reduction in homicide rate, revitalization of downtown, creation of over 4,000 new jobs, and $1 billion in new capital investments to Little Rock, Arkansas. Prior to being elected mayor, Mark served three terms as the Little Rock's prosecuting attorney of the 6th Judicial District. While there, he created a gang prosecution team and developed the first domestic violence unit in the state. I love that. He was recognized nationally by the Department of Justice for creating an innovative juvenile diversion program and drafted several successful pieces of legislation, including the Arkansas Safe Schools Act, the Arkansas Gang Organization and Enterprise Act, and the Arkansas Drug Abatement Act. Mark Stodola graduated from the University of Iowa with a double major in political science and journalism. He received his law degree from the University of Arkansas School of Law in Fayetteville. Welcome to the table, my friend, the ambitious mayor of Little Rock, Arkansas, Mark Stodola. Thank you, Carrie. Glad to be here. Barely here. I wish everybody was on Facebook Live because so they could have watched. You know, we were, we were doing Facebook Live when you came running in the door well, good, like perfect five. Perfect timing. <laughs> it really was. It really was perfect timing. Down within seconds. So I gather from your double major choices in journalism and political science that you always wanted to be in politics. Am I right? Well, I think public service is probably a more appropriate way to characterize that. I'm not sure that. Um, Politics is uh, uh, the first definition I'd give to it, but certainly um, 
um, you have an opportunity in public service to do it through uh, through elected politics and uh, I've been fortunate to uh, uh, be involved and to serve in a couple of different capacities in an elected position and I've been excited to do that I think uh, public service is a um, a great honor and I'm so very thankful to the citizens for giving me the opportunity to to try and hopefully use some of my leadership skills to move the city uh, forward and uh, really my desire has always been to make Little Rock the next great American city in the south and that requires facing problems head-on and facing challenges and also recognizing successes and so I think we've had we certainly have all of the above, and uh, can, and we always will as a city. Any big urban city has all of those kinds of things. They have great successes, they have challenges, they have problems that need to be solved. And um, so uh, I'm just fortunate to be in a position where hopefully I can lend some talent and some direction to try and uh, take us forward. You're very ambitious. You went to be, I mean, not, a, not only having a double major, but you then went and got a law degree. Why? Yes, that was. Um, Why? You know, when you look back at that, I only think of the, <laughs> I only think of the favorable, fun things. I don't, <laughs> you know, somehow you block all of the horrible all-night studies, all of the stresses of the one exam that your whole grade rests on, uh, the law, the bar exam that you got to pass, uh, which thankfully I passed the first occasion. Um, but yeah, you don't you don't remember all the all the stresses that there were, but there certainly were. Um, but yeah, I and you know I think the law is a great vehicle to to understand um, our system of democracy. Um, not everybody does, and certainly in this uh, climate, political climate, I'm not sure I'm not sure how much people pay attention to what the law really is. But the rule of law is very important. It provides a framework of discipline for responsibility and for making sure that uh, hopefully everybody's on an equal playing field. And I know whether it's on issues of race, whether it's on issues of poverty or income, um, a, a lot of people are not on the same level of opportunity. And so part of our job as, as public servants is to try and do what we can to keep some doors open or make sure those doors stay open to give people an opportunity uh, to maximize their own talents. Was your, were your parents civic-minded? Uh, my mother's a school teacher, so certainly, yes, absolutely. And uh, my father was a, um, um, he actually was in sales most of his life, so he was a great communicator. So when you got out of high school, or college, I mean, out of law school, you went, you started, a, you went into law, private practice, and you became the senior partner at, what was it, Catlett and Stodolo? Well, that was, uh, that was a while back. I'd, I've done a lot of things professionally. I mean, when I first, um, I moved from uh, Fayetteville to uh, Little Rock, and I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a, a deputy prosecutor. I wanted to be a trial lawyer. And um, those positions were pretty, pretty coveted. I didn't grow up in Little Rock, so I didn't have anybody opening any doors for me. And um, Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. When I, I was oh, that's why you went to college Minnesota, there. raised in Iowa, and when I got old enough to make decisions, I moved to Arkansas. You're so, kidding me. Yeah. So you came to Arkansas for the first time when you were at Fayetteville? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why did you choose Fayetteville? Uh, well, um, I was in. Oh, golly, you can get the history line. History That's what I want. Here. Yeah. Well, I was in. Um, I, I was uh, at the University of Iowa, and um, uh, I was in Air Force ROTC. I wanted to be a pilot. I even wanted to be an astronaut, and I was a congressional nominee to the Air Force Academy. Uh, my senior year in high school, and I had been a foreign exchange student. Uh, through the American Field Service program and lived in Istanbul, Turkey, which was really a wonderful, 
eye-opening experience uh, as a 17-year-old, you can imagine. Uh, when I came back, I, I took, uh, I was a congressional nominee and went to Offutt Air Force Base to take the physical, passed the physical, but they said, well, you have, I had, mon I got mononucleosis because um, you know, my system was weak uh, that, you know, and in my senior year and I was out for, I guess, two or three weeks. And they said, well, we'd, we'd love to take you um, at the Air Force Academy, but we can't because you've had mono and you got to wait at least a year. Uh, so I thought, well, okay. So I went on to the University of Iowa, and I was in the Air Force ROTC there, and I was in my flight, and I was the flight nominee to the Air Force Academy. And uh, I went and took the exam again, and uh, they said, well, uh, we'd love to take you, but uh, we can't make you a pilot. You've got 20-20 in one eye and 20-25. I had an astigmatism in my right eye. Of course, I could see perfectly. And I said, what do you mean? What's an astigmatism? And uh, they said, well, I'm sorry, but you know, you got to have perfect eyesight to, 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 to fly. And uh, so you can't be a pilot, but by golly, you knocked it out on navigation. I mean, you got 99.9 .9 on navigation. We want you to be a navigator. And I said, well, where does the navigator sit? And they said, well, the navigator sits right behind the pilot. <laughs> and I said, well, if, if I can't fly the plane, I'm not going to do that. So anyway, I went in. Uh, to the third category, which are all the social sciences and things like that. And I'd been thinking about being a lawyer anyway, and I just knew that that probably meant I wasn't going to make it a career. Uh, so I went into the Air Force uh, uh, and um, thought if I'm going to be a if I'm going to uh, if I'm going to be involved in this, then I, I don't want to be on the ground. I want to be in the Air Force so that if I you know it's harder to shoot you down. If you're in the, the if you're in the air, yeah, uh, and I thought being a being an officer, being a JAG officer was uh, was a, a better option as well. And so I, the first letter of acceptance I happened to get was from the University of Arkansas, and I sent my I'd worked my way through through college, so I sent my money in to reserve my seat, and then I took off and uh, worked at a resort in upstate New York. I'd been in I had I'd had a girlfriend who uh, unfortunately broke up with me, and so I was ready to kind of get out of Iowa anyway. So, so I went and worked in upstate New York. And, and then came to Arkansas. So you never went into the Air Force? Oh, yeah. No, I was in the Air Force Reserves for six years. For six years. And during that time is when you applied to the University of Arkansas. I got to, lost in there a yeah, little bit. Well, yeah. My, my junior and senior year at, the, at Iowa were two of my reserves. Oh, I see. And then I had reserve years while I was in law school and then one additional year. Oh, I see. I followed. So, so I graduated, um, I decided to move to Little Rock. And uh, wanted to be a trial lawyer. They didn't have any didn't have any positions, and I uh, I went to work for um, uh, Art Givens, who needed a law clerk for some research. He was a state representative at the time, and um, took the bar exam, passed, and then he said, you know, I can't pay you what you, what you should be making. So he helped me get a job, and I became a public defender. So I got the trial experience, and I became a public defender. That's when I first met you, by the way. Where Studebakers? No, no. <laughs> that's what I thought we first no, met. No, when you uh, when you had your you had your flag shop over on on uh, Main Street, in North Little Rock. Oh yeah. And uh, uh, so uh, I was a public defender. And I thought you worked in the private sector before you were a public defender. Well, very briefly with with uh, Givens and Busby, and then I became a public defender, and I had a on, I had a I had a I had a law firm as well while I was doing that. that oh, was a, that I was see. A part time job. Yeah. I see. That's how they work mm -hmm. together. And so, fast forward, and I thought, well, if you're not gonna, 
not going to hire me as a deputy. I'll just run for prosecutor. And so I ran, uh, I ran actually against my friend, Chris Piazza, who he and I graduated from law school together. He grew up here, and we ran each other ragged all across the county. And he, um, at the beginning of the night, I was ahead 51-49. At the end of the night, his, his, his neighborhood boxes came in, and he won 51-49. So uh, I went back to uh, being a public defender for a brief period of time, and then applied to be the city attorney in Little Rock, and was very fortunate to get that job. And six years later, Chris called me and said, Mark, I think we need some fresh blood in the prosecutor's office, and I'm going to run for judge. So I thought I'd let you know in case you want to run. And that's how I got to, into the prosecutor's office. I ran and got elected and, and then reelected to three terms there and then, and then thought I wanted to go to Congress. And that was another one of those races where I wound up with 48% of the vote in the three-way primary. And three weeks later, I got 49% of the vote. And that'll get you a new job and a free cup of coffee. Uh, and Vic Snyder became ultimately the uh, congressman. I think this is a great place to take a break. When we come back... So we're that's my history. No, it's not. We're going to get more. When we come back, we're going to learn more about Mayor Mark Stodola and the business of running a city. We'll ask him what he believes to be the most challenging issue facing the city of Little Rock. Is it crime, jobs, education? And find out what he sees for the future. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. We'll be right back. Arkansas, land of opportunity, Arkansas, oh what you do to me, prettiest place I ever saw, was back home in Arkansas. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Little Rock, Arkansas's Mayor, Mark Stodola. Okay, Mayor, after leaving private practice and before becoming the mayor, you had an impressive three-term career as Little Rock's prosecuting attorney for the 6th Judicial District. The Department of Justice recognized you nationally for your innovative juvenile diversion program. What was that? Well, it was um, a program where we would actually take uh, kids that were in trouble, and as a prosecutor, I'd make a decision on deferring their charges uh, so that they did not have a record, but they would come before a juvenile peer panel of, of kids of similar age who had been in trouble themselves. And so it was um, a process where uh, you, had, you, could, you didn't admit you were guilty, but you had to accept the responsibility for the conduct that brought you before the panel. And you were judged by your peers. And they would listen to the story. They listened to what happened. Um, which is actually a criminal activity. Uh, you'd usually have a police officer who'd testify about it as well. And then that peer panel would fashion a punishment. And it was, uh, and usually, the fascinating thing is they usually were tougher than the juvenile judges were in many Ooh. respects. So they'd, they'd, fun, they'd come forward with some sort of probationary process where they do community service work, they do those kinds of things. Um, we had the panels at Watershed. We had them at a couple of the schools and things like that. But the, the, the secret to it all was that the panel was made up of people who'd been on the other side before. They'd done, that, they'd done something wrong. They'd gone before the panel. They did their, they did their community service work. And then the, the one requirement that everyone absolutely had is they had to also then sit on a panel and judge 
a kid that was going to come before them. And pay forward what they learned. And and it really, really put a level of responsibility and understanding in them that they never, ever would have appreciated otherwise. And uh, it was, um, you know, it was pretty successful. And um, the Department of Justice recognized it um, as a, a really innovative, creative way to try and deal with It's kind of like uh, the AA justice. program. When you start to get well, they make you go and help somebody else after you, you know, after you become sober, then you, then you have to pay it forward. You know, it's, like you said, it gives you makes them feel good about themselves. Um, you also drafted the legislation for Arkansas Safe Schools Act, Arkansas Gang Organization and Enterprise Act, Arkansas Drug Abatement Act, and you're known for being tough on crime and a friend of the police. What was the Arkansas Safe Schools Act? Well, we know we recognize that there was too much selective decision making at the local level on who got referred to the police and who didn't out of the schools felt it was discriminatory, felt it was um, 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 over... Um, what do you mean? Well, we felt that there were too many African-American students that were getting referred as opposed to Caucasian students, and, and that, they were, they were, that, that administrators were actually substituting their decision on whether or not criminal activity had occurred or not instead of the prosecutor. And so we restricted them. If there was a criminal activity that occurred, they had to refer it to the police and refer it to the prosecutor, who would then make a proper decision on what, whether or not there should be charges filed. Oh. And so. Um, it, so they it, can't ignore one and then turn one in. They right. Have to, they exactly. Have to turn there was too in. much selective decision making about who to refer and who not to refer. Is it hard to get that kind of legislation through? It was. I fought the school administrators and was successful in in getting it done. But, you know, I mean, you're talking about some history here. I mean, uh, certainly back then we had a big gang issue, and um, so we needed uh, some additional legislation there. Was that about the time <clears throat> the movie, the documentary about Little Rock came out? Well, back in 1993, and that was, we had all of the gang, you know, we had a big gang issue. Mm -hmm. uh, much different than today, by the way, but, but still uh, using the, the word gang uh, is the common vernacular between the, the two timelines. Uh, but then it was it was much different. It was based on colors, geography, criminal activity, Crips and the Bloods, Crips, Bloods, folks, Vice Lords, you name it. Um, you know, I had a gang prosecution unit. They had to learn gang language, gang signs, um, the territories. Uh, you know, we had a biggest challenge was trying to keep vic keep our witnesses alive between the time of the incident occurred and when they had to testify. That's still an issue, isn't it? Can be, although nobody's uh, in, in in many instances in some of the cases that we have open right now, um, that were retaliatory shootings and things of that nature, uh, people just are really not talking much at all. I so. know. I had the police chief in Kenton Buckner a few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and he said the code of silence yep. was is really. And know. I can tell you, as a prosecutor, you got to have cooperation from the community. And if you can't get that cooperation from the community, you can't solve the crimes. Now, let well, me just right. let me just say we've been working very hard. Um, I came out with a, a, a very uh, expansive program called Little Rock for Life uh, about trying to stop the violence, improving our criminal justice system, strengthening our police department. That's on the law enforcement end of things, and then on the community building side of things, um, prevention and intervention strategies that we're doing and t spending a ton of money on, of five five and a half million dollars. Uh, to um, um, jobs, opportunity, and education. We've got a, a program in place right now through our, my Workforce Development Board where we're spending $1.2 million uh, 
uh, for felony reentry. We're going to have 150 people that are released within 180 days and get them into intensive training and skill building so that they can go out and get a job. That and to locate seems to be them. a big issue. You get out. And that's, well, there are jobs out there, but people got to show they, up for work and they got to be drug have free. Any, but they don't have a place to live. They come out, that they don't have a safety net or a place that's, to go live. What do they do? Well, that's true. I mean, you know, we've got, we've got a lot of different levels of government um, that are in the system. When a person gets out of the penitentiary right now, they get $140 and a bus ticket. That's and, it. And a pat on the back so don't commit any more crimes. Now, our Department of Community Corrections is doing a really good job, trying to do a good job, but they need more help. They need more parole officers. You know, we have double the caseload here. There are 5,000 people on probation or parole right now in the city of Little Rock. How many will go back? The average is 53%. That's lower than I thought. And it's and it's hadn't changed much in 50 years. Um, why and you and, think it's and I'll tell you that our, our violent crime apprehension team that we've had in place since February have arrested, uh, I got want to get my numbers right, 675 people on over 1,000 felony charges just since February. So when you want to talk about Say that, how urban many, how many? society, 600? over 670 felony. individuals. With, with a thousand, I think a little over a thousand felony charges. So you you add the, you just add that together with five thousand people that are on probation and parole, and you say, well, I think maybe you know, state of Arkansas, maybe you need to give us some more parole officers. These people, when they want to get out of the penitentiary and they're eligible for release, do they want to go to Ryzen or Hazen or Stuttgart or? Uh, you know, um, where do you get more? Um, where do you I mean, get? Where more? do they want to go? They want to go into the big city and hide in the shadows of the big buildings. So that's a real challenge for us as a, as an urban community. Um, and I have you know beat the drum talking about our citizens need to contact their legislators and ask for more more help and to really demand that. Uh, that's not, that's just part of the system. You know, we mm-hmm. all have a part to do. Mm-hmm. And um, and so. You know, we've seen an uptick in violent crime this year, but we're still, and, you know. But most of those facts, came from one incident, didn't we? Well. That, doesn't that skew the, the shooting? Much, the, much of it did, yeah. What was the name that, of that club? Uh, the Power Ultra Lounge. What was the name of the rapper? Uh, Finesse Two Time. Yeah, so most of those shootings came from that well, incident, the, that, didn't it, which that, skews our numbers. Well, 25 of the uh, uh, batteries would, came from that one incident, yes. Uh, but my point that I want to make is, is that, and uh, you know, and you know, you want to be, you want to be honest with your citizens. We have been working very hard over the last several months to make a change, and um, so I've, I've told you how many people we've arrested. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a uh, cease, Little Rock ceasefire program in place where we're we've got we've got people with street credibility which means they got felony records typically and they're out here in the streets talking to these people uh and lo and behold um they're talking to we haven't about had how to stay, we haven't we haven't had a homicide in almost two months they're talking about how to stay straight well they're talking about you know the consequences of the activity and trying to ease the intensity of the of the anger and the violent the potential for violence with these young people and, why and then we're referring them we're referring them into a variety of things uh, whether uh, most of them want a job they don't have a job so we're we're trying to get them uh, we're doing assessments and we're getting them into uh, referrals for jobs 
if, if school is the, the name of the game, we're trying to get them back into school if they, if they don't have a, don't have a, a, a high school degree. Mm-hmm. We're looking at each one of these individually and trying to figure out how we can help them to break that cycle. What a big job. And so that's that, seems, that looks like it's working. I mean, we've got all these arrests going on. We've had a cease in the violence. I just announced today, and it'll be, uh, hopefully it'll be on the news tonight. I'm sure it will be, a Neighborhood Safety Corps. So I received a, a big grant nationally from um, the Corporation for National and Community Service called the AmeriCorps folks. Oh. And we're going to have 30 AmeriCorps kids in our most troubled, challenged, hotspot neighborhoods, we've got seven of them that we've identified, and they're gonna be working all year long helping those neighborhoods. They're gonna be helping improve the houses that people live in. They're gonna be doing energy efficiency. They're gonna do improved safety checks. They're gonna be trying to create neighborhood watch programs, be working with our housing and our COPP officers, uh, and really trying to transform those neighborhoods. Uh, so that's a big deal. It's and just I seven think it's kids. really going to be. No, very... no, it's 30. Oh, 30 kids. 30. We got 10 full time and 20 part time. And we have still job openings. So for those of you out there listening, come get hired by the city of Little Rock. Where do they go? Uh, if you'll call 371 4510 and ask for the uh, personnel department, the HR, uh, the, the human resources department, uh, they'll put you in touch with the people that are doing the interviewing. 371 4510? And you know, the one nice thing about that is that these AmeriCorps kids, uh, and it's not just kids, we got a couple of older people that are in there too. So when your listeners need to know, we're, we're, we don't have an age limit on this program. Uh, but it gives them the opportunity for a $5,000 uh, college or extra uh, educational uh, attainment type. Uh, um, certificate if they want uh, to a college uh, to Pulaski Tech or to whatever trade school they might want to go to a $5,000 stipend that goes with that if you complete your year of work in AmeriCorps and, and, and that's get, a big big opportunity that is a big opportunity and you get paid a little bit too while and you get it. paid as well yeah you yeah. do get paid so I heard that you put in a bid to for Little Rock to become an Amazon distribution center <laughs> is that a rumor is that true? Well, we've uh, we're talking about it. Uh, we don't meet the technical requirements of uh, the of the request, and everybody's tripping over themselves about this and spending a lot of money and a lot of time on it. We we're uh, we're going to approach this in a unique way. Let me put it like that. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, it's a secret. Uh, you know, uh, we've looked at it. We put a group of about 20 people together to talk about it and to really look at it and. Um, When's the grant application due? Oh, it's due the uh, 20th. I think the response to the RFP is due the 20th. Well, we are in a great location. We're centrally located for a distribution center, but we don't have an airport. Well, we don't have transit. We don't have an international airport. But That's I mean, what we don't if have, you, an international uh, airport. If you have an Amazon, I can, we have plans for an international airport. We do? So, yeah, we do. Since when? Well, you can have Ron Matthew on, and he can tell you all about it, our, our, our airport director. But, yeah, we've got plans for... Uh, we got plans. They can build it. They just need to have the airlines that want to come here and oh. and fly to these foreign cities. So I, I suspect that if if Amazon for some reason decides they want to come to Little Rock, Arkansas, you can bet for sure that we will have an international airport. I don't know if that makes me happy or sad because I love coming to the Little Rock Airport and just walking straight to the gate. But then again, I hate all the the you have to have a layover everywhere you, you go. You know, when you look at the when you look at the request for proposal, it's a little incongruent. They, you know, they want the they want the twenty four seven walkability kind of things that you talk about downtown, but they also want 
you know they want to build out on 100 acres well you're not going to find 100 acres in in downtown little rock you're not you're not going to find that you're lucky you're not going to find you the only way you're going to find that is in a greenfield site and they've mentioned that they'll be looking at greenfield sites too um and what do you mean but, but by we've greenfield got a lot of site. qualities we what got, do you mean by greenfield site one that needs uh, to be one, demolished one that one that doesn't have anything on it oh, okay one that's site ready but doesn't have any buildings on it Mm-hmm. So, you know, we understand that we don't meet the technical requirements, but it's an exercise. It's an opportunity for us to pull together for businesses like an Amazon, these businesses of the future, for us to pull together what our real talent base is. And it's been really exciting to for me to get the emails and the information from UA Little Rock, from UCA, uh, from a lot of our our technology businesses and the talent pool that we've got and so when you begin to see these kind of things it opens up the door probably for many many other opportunities for economic development so there's a real salutary benefit above and beyond whether amazon would ever think to come that's here. that's right you're, you're putting it all together making you think yeah. and getting your creative eyes together and then you can start looking for more grants or opportunities for other people now you've put together a technology park downtown i went to it not too long ago when you were given an award for something i can't remember what you were given an award for uh well i received i was a national honor from the u.s conference of mayors on uh my support of uh, small businesses like yours and that's like right. others mm-hmm. um and um you know i've I've really been, a, I think, a, a leader in the technology area. I hosted a, a summit, the Mayor's Summit on Entrepreneurship um, about a year and a half ago. I brought in over 125 people from all over the state and other states to come in and talk about entrepreneurship and the jobs of the, of the future uh, and really how small businesses can thrive. And it was not just the high-tech people, but it was the... It was the other stuff too, as a, you know, just the, you know, the Kauffman Foundation is really uh, the leader on entrepreneurship out of Kansas City, and he was a pharmacist. So really, yeah, and so you know, it's it's really an exercise in looking about how small businesses are the backbone of of our economy. They're a real backbone of the economy here in Little Rock. We hold a, and in fact, we have had 32 different graduations to a year so we've been doing it for a long time that's over over 15 years uh, of a small business program uh, it's really based on a Kaufman formula and one that we do with the SBA and with the UA Little Rock Small Business uh, Development Office and uh, people can sign up for it and go through a 12-week program uh, on really how to be an entrepreneur and how to develop their small business I didn't realize you've been doing that for 15 years yeah so is it at the technology park? Do you no, go to that the, one's done at the community center. Which community center? Uh, our neighborhood community, our neighborhood resource center over on 12th Street. Oh, okay. So you can go there and sign up to get. Yeah, we do it twice a year, and what's we have it called a, exactly? Uh, what's the name? The city's of the, entrepreneurship program. Okay, and you can, and it lasts for a year. No, it's a. I think you there said are twice twelve a lessons. Year? I think it's twelve weeks. And then you graduate with a. You diploma? graduate with a certificate, yeah, yeah. a certificate, a, a graduation certificate. You know those. But kind the, you know the important thing is it talks about business plans, it talks about financing, it talks so about product, it talks about logistics, delivery, all of the kind of things that are so very important in a small business that you've had to learn probably on your own. I learned it from the Small Business Development Center, SBA, taught me how to write a business plan when I had to buy the Taborian Hall yeah. 25 years I ago. I remember when you did that, I thought you were crazy. Everybody did. But yeah. I'm very proud of you for doing it. Thank um, you. Number one, I'm a, I love historic preservation and you saved a building that by now would have been torn down. 
mm-hmm. and um, it's a it's a wonderful wonderful reflection, particularly of, of African American small businesses uh, on Ninth Street. Mm-hmm. My only love and desire would be to see if we could repopulate Ninth Street with more businesses that really would pull in that character uh, that Ninth Street used to have. Mm-hmm. You know, my building needs an elevator. We're trying to get a we're writing a grant with the uh, National Park Service. They've got a civil rights grant. And since my building was a civil rights building, uh, we've got a grant we're applying for October the 8th. Good, good luck. No, thank you very much. All right, this is a good place to take a break. Let me see, when we come back, we're going to learn more from the Little Rock, Arkansas Mayor, Mark Stodola, about, probably talk some more about the challenges that, we, that you're facing and what it's like to be the mayor and how you manage to do it all. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. We'll be right back. A boy's born in Hawkeye, Mississippi Surrounded by four walls that ain't so pretty His parents give him love and affection You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. My guest today is Little Rock Mayor Mark Stodola. If you've got questions or comments for my guest or for me, this is your chance. You can send an email to me, and I'll be checking my emails, too. Questions at upyourbusiness.org. And that's questions with an S. And I'm tweeting, so if you want to tweet me a question, you can tweet me at AskCarrieMcCoy. We're using the hashtag up your business all right i'm going to just recap some of the great stuff that you've done the homicide rate has fallen it it has historically fallen i I want our Mm -hmm. listeners to know that we've seen an uptick um in uh, this last year Mm -hmm. Uh, we hit a low of 24 in um uh, i believe it was in 2012 and um when the year before the year before i took office it was we had 60 homicides uh, and people don't realize that um, because the, you know, social media has changed the way the world finds out about information. And uh, so um, if it's somebody that's uh, in a neighborhood and they're lifting locks on car doors to try and open them up and somebody hears about it or knows their car was rifled through, they're going to put it on, they're going to put it on social media and everybody's going to know about it. And so the knowledge base on it and then, you know, you're in all honesty, you're Television stations are you know, pretty much if it leads, it bleeds, or if it bleeds, it leads. I guess that's the way. That's right. Mm-hmm. It. And um, and um, so you know that's what uh, what that's the first thing people have, and it, it creates an apprehension. But there's no you know there's no denying that we've seen an uptick in violence. Um, I was looking at the numbers um, uh, yesterday, and uh, our our violent crime is up about four percent. Oh. Um, some people would say, oh, golly, I, I thought it was a lot higher than that. Uh, we've seen a reduction over the last eight weeks of about 4.19%, almost 4.2% over the last eight weeks. So we're, we're going down. I don't know, you know, uh, you know, I don't know where we're going to end up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Hopefully uh, we're not going to top out uh, uh, anywhere close to that 60 number. Uh, but we still got another quarter to go. Uh, and, um, I'm, you know, I've got... I've got former gang members working the streets. I've been talking to, I've been talking to, I've been in the neighborhoods myself. I've been talking to families of these gang members. I've been visiting with them in their homes, uh, talking to some of the gang members themselves, 
trying to prevent retaliation and you know so far we're having we're having some real success so far for the last few weeks so uh, I want to want to say that we are we are doing everything humanly possible we've got you know the officer shortage I've been frankly I've been screaming at the police chief and our city manager about it uh, you know we got to do more we got to do more we got to we got to be aggressive so we're going to do an advertising campaign to try and recruit already certified officers uh, we've got 32 in the class right now so we're we're down to about 55 that we're short oh we are we're short officers well that that's been a, a refrain yeah we were down more but um, you know hopefully he's committed to me that he's going to get at least 60 in these last two classes so we got 32 now he needs to get 28 in the next class to meet my my goal or at least what he promised me well kenton says it's hard to get officers because the family members don't want them to become police well officers. it's not easy to be a police officer anymore it's really not and it's not it never was easy but uh, certainly um, what's going on on a national level has really uh, affected the whole issue and you want to know about challenges and i really mm -hmm. would like to talk mm -hmm. about that Let's because about well i think you know people say well what is your biggest challenge mark and i, I tell them the issues of race is still our biggest challenge it's the perceptions of race the perceptions of um uh, equality or inequality it's the haves and have-nots it's what are you doing how much how come you're not doing more um, it's for example I'll give you a couple of ideas a couple of instances um, uh, when you look at the city and you look at our tax base we we take care of 200,000 plus citizens on a pretty skimpy budget and what I mean and let me compare the city of Providence, Rhode Island. City of Providence, Rhode Island is uh, 175,000. We're a little bit bigger than they are. Their operational budget was 350 million when ours was uh, about 184 million. So yeah, so I mean, I guess my point is, is that, you know, we make the developers who choose to develop out west, we make them build the streets, the gutters, the drainage, the detention ponds, we don't build that. They build that and dedicate it to the city. Um, but so we've got in the older neighborhoods, which oftentimes are, are, are more challenged neighborhoods, we've, we've got infrastructure that is obviously just simply older and it needs to be replaced. So, you know, we've got very little money for capital improvements. I passed a, a sales tax back in 2011. Uh, three eight cent of it is dedicated to uh, capital and um, a, a large portion of the $172 million of that for streets and drainage. And we've divided that up equally between all the seven wards and uh, with a 10% set aside so that when we do have emergencies, and oftentimes those are in more of our downtown wards, wards one and wards two, um, we, we spend the money there. I mean, we got $8 billion in the Recovery Act from uh, the Obama administration. We built 100 homes uh, down in these areas. Uh, the Neighborhood Safety Corps that I mentioned, they're working in these neighborhoods. So a lot of people don't realize that. They, they think that there's unequal uh, unequal play there, and um, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. The issues of race and trying to get trying to. So you're saying the inner city doesn't have money for infrastructure? They do. They've got money. It's just that we don't ever have enough money for any. I mean, the reality is we got a billion dollars worth of needs and 172 million dollars worth of re worth of revenue. And does that come from the millage tax? Part of it's coming from millage, and part of it's coming from the sale, the capital portion of the sales tax. The capital portion of your sales tax. We yeah. ha do you think we have low sales tax? Um, 
Not particularly. I mean, I think we're we're probably in the middle of the pack. Ours is lower than is now North Lower and that is now lower than North Little Rocks. It's lower than most of the cities in Northwest Arkansas. All the cities in Northwest Arkansas. Wow, that's good. Hello, listener. You're speaking with Mayor Mark Stodola. Do you have a question for him? Uh, yes, uh, yes, I do. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Mayor Stodola. First of all, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, you had uh, an affiliation for the Air Force Academy because I actually went there. Um, Very good. Yeah. Uh, this is Kwame. What I wanted to do is I wanted to ask you, you mentioned about the, uh, your interest in revitalizing the Ninth Street Quarter. Is there anything that uh, you have already put together working towards that goal or is that just something that you uh, are thinking about uh, doing? Well, it's an aspiration of mine. Um, we did do a, we did have a lot of creative people through Studio Maine that did a pop up um, on yeah. Ninth Street. Were you part of that yeah. to try and help people envision what can happen? Uh, again, it's you know, I mean, it's property that's owned privately. Uh, trying to stimulate private investment along Ninth Street is uh, what has to happen. I'd love to see some people that wanted to do that, and certainly we would try and facilitate whatever we could to do that. I mean, I'm not sure what all that means, but it, just like any other renovation or revitalization project, um, we, we try to do those things. For example, on Main Street, I'm, you know, one of my visions was that, you know, we had Main Street that was dead for 30 years, and one of my visions was to revitalize Main Street, and you see what's happened. With a little less than, with a little less than a half a million, with about $400,000 in local money, I was able to get over a half a million dollars in private money and a million dollars worth of federal monies. So with $2 million, we were able to do the streetscape stuff, which is really a water quality project demonstration grant. And it has, and it, and it sparked the private sector investment. So there's over $150 million worth of private sector investment that was done based on the stimulus of less than, of about $2 million. So that's over a 50 to one return on investment. The real estate taxes have gone up, which helps our schools, our public schools. Um, people made money, uh, didn't need to do a TIF. You know, a tax increment financing didn't have to delay taxes on anything like that. It was hot as a as a firecracker. And, um, and so you see that you can stimulate those kinds of things. But, you know, it happened because of a young developer who I happened to know and talk to and said, hey, what do you think about this? And he got involved in it. And um, that provoked some other people to get involved and you know 36 months later we were you know we were able to convince the tech park finally in a f very narrow 4-3 vote to go downtown uh, and all of those things have really turned out to be a great stimulus for you know what I consider to be the uh, the heart of the city um, you know we had 300,000 people in our convention centers that would go east and west along the riverfront and the river market but they never turned south on Main Street and you had the you had the repertory theater, a wonderful cultural amenity uh, down in the 600 block, and they had no friends other than Bennett's Military Store and um, <laughs> Mr. Cools and, uh, and 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 the wig shop and the wig and, shop. And, the wig shop. <laughs> and now now you see we got a lot of a lot of a lot of action going. There's going to be, I think I counted it up with one of the developers. There's going to be approximately. 300 apartments within the immediate vicinity of Main Street uh, by the beginning of next year. Thank you, caller. You're welcome. So the biggest challenge, you think, facing our city? I still think it is, yeah, overall. And, and um, 
trying to make sure, you know, we're working on economic mobility issues. Uh, we do an, uh, an earned income tax credit opportunity that we ed- try to educate people that they can, they can actually receive money f- back from the federal government on their taxes. You have to do so much. I mean, we've talked about crime. We've talked about jobs. We've talked about education. We've talked about infrastructure. We've talked about economic development. I'm everywhere I go to any event in the city. You're there. You work. I don't know how many hours a day, but you're everywhere. So how do you, on a personal level, (laughs) handle all of those different pressures and jobs? I'm serious. How do you keep it all going? Well, I think you have to love what you do, number one. So I don't really consider it work. I consider it a passion. And that really makes a difference, uh, number one. Um, and, you know, you get a little bit of downtime. I'm usually, I, <laughs> I'm usually, it's usually at about 11 o'clock at night, and uh, I try to get to watch the news, uh, although I can get it on my, on my phone. I can get it on my phone now, so it's not like I can't watch it. Uh, and I, you know, I'll either watch uh, one of the late night comedians or um, I kind of like American Pickers <laughs> on the History really? Channel. Yeah, and um, and so uh, sometimes I watch that. Um, I've got a bike. I got actually two bicycles, so I like to like to get on a bike. Uh, I'm not on it as much as I'd like to be. I need to get on it more frequently. Have you been watching the Vietnam War special on AUTN? It's uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Ken Burns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were too yeah. young for that, weren't you? No, actually, I was not. But you weren't drafted. Uh, I was in the Air Force. But you didn't have to go to Vietnam, did you? Well, I, no, I, I mean, I was. Well, I got out of. Um, I I got out of uh, the Air Force about the time a year before the fall of uh, Saigon. Oh. So I got out in '74, and I believe that was what '75. I. We've got to go. The war was over, pretty much over with by then. One really quick question. There's this reoccurring, surprising theme with all of my guests, and that is the heart of a teacher. And, I mean, today was a perfect example. You have taught everybody so much, and we're not going to talk about this, but you also taught political science at the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. You have uh, you brought taught an MBA program at UALR. You taught uh, at the UALR Bowen School of Law, and you've taught at the Clinton School of Public Service and Webster University. How do you do all that? It keeps you academically fresh and stimulated, number one. And so right now I'm teaching a contemporary urbanism course at the Clinton School of Public Service. I just, you just blow me away. Well, I only teach it once a year, and, it, and it's in the spring, and so it's not... You know, it's not like I'm doing that every day. So. I know, but you are amazing. So thank you for coming on. And as a you gift, bet. look what I got. Gary? What? Oh, I get a flag. You get a desk set. A desk set of flags. <laughs> yeah. And there's Arkansas. And what's that? Oh. <laughs> it's Iowa. So yeah, you get your. I was your... back there for a reunion the other day. I did not recognize anyone. And I, needless to say, I'm sure they didn't recognize me. I don't know about that. Thank you, Mark. Will you come back? You bet, Gary. It's good to see you again, of course. And. Thanks to all of your technical help here. They did a great job as well. They did do a good job. When's your next election? Uh, next year, November of 18. November 3rd, 2018. What day would it be? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Second Tuesday. Second Tuesday in November. Mm-hmm. So uh, who's my guest next week? We are going to have Marla from Aristotle. You know, Marla Johnson. Marla Johnson. You know, she's the one who told me about this new type of business called the Internet. I was at 
UALR, one of those continuing education luncheons that you've been talking about, Mark, about how everybody needs to do this stuff. I think it was through the SBA. And I was sat at a round table with her, and she, they were talking about this newfangled thing called the Internet. And she actually named, Arkansas, named Flag and Banner, flagandbanner.com. She said, you have to drop the Arkansas. So we go way back. But that increased your sales, or did it not? I don't know. What, dropping Arkansas? Yes. Did it? Yes. She made my first website, and uh, it almost bankrupted me because nobody believed it. because people would nationally as opposed to regionally. And she was right on. And who can spell Arkansas? Nobody. Well, Parker Westbrook would use the possessive, and he'd put the apostrophe S after it. Yes, he would. All right. If you've got a great entrepreneurial story you would like to share, I would love to hear from you. Send a brief bio and your contact info to questions at upyourbusiness.org. And somebody will be in touch. And finally, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with me. If you think this program has been about you, you are right, but it's also been for me. Thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. If you'd like to hear this program again, go to flagandbanner.com, click the tab labeled radio show. There you'll find podcasts with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Carrie's goal 